Welcome to the Docs Dial Reps Podcast, where we talk with medical device sales reps about how they got started, how to support docs, and tales from the OR. If you're interested in asking a question on the show, please email info at docsdial.com. DocStyle produces custom podcasts for medical doctors, device companies, and health facilities. Please email podcast at docsdial.com if you're interested in creating your own podcast or joining an existing podcast as a host. That's podcast at docsdial.com. Thank you. We're here today with Marsha Walker, a super experienced surgical tech and neurosurgical coordinator at Good Samaritan Hospital in San Jose, California. Marsha, it is great to have you on the show. We're excited to learn about what it's like in real world OR. It's good to be here. So let me I just <laughs> let me just jump right into the questions. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about you and your background. Why did you get into medical to begin with? Um, we had a career come to high school and gave a talk about surgical technology and the ability to get an education with a degree and be able to start work right away and not have to wait for four years or anything longer to obtain an education. And I was a young mom, and it seemed the best choice for me in my life to be able to have a career at a younger age than most. And how did you, once once that happened, how did you get into the industry? So I went through a program. We did an extern and um, graduated. And then I started to apply at every hospital national for quite some time. And then ended up getting hired at Newman Hospital in Stockton at 20 years old. And just started working in LR. That had to be that had to be quite the experience, uh, right into the uh, into the hospital in Stockton. Yeah, it was very eye opening. It was a great experience. I received amazing training. Um, once they got over the fact that I was only twenty, it was intimidating at times. It was exciting, um, and the staff. I got like I said, I got amazing training there, but it was a very Interesting experience for somebody that was only 20. How do you become a surgical tech? Prospective surgical technicians need to complete a diploma, certificate, or associate's degree program to work in this field. Diploma and certificate programs may be completed in under a year and an associate's degree in two years. And uh, what did you learn in that initial experience? I think the biggest thing that I learned is that you're only as good as the people that train you. You you don't know what you don't know. So if you aren't fortunate enough to be trained by somebody that's invested, that cares and will take the time to show you what you need to know, you could potentially have a different experience in the OR. Um, I also, you know, learned that we can't guarantee or promise a patient or their family that we're going to cure them. We're going to fix them. There's, no guarantee of that, but what we can assure and guarantee a patient and their family that we are going to give them the best possible care that we can. We are going to treat them with respect and with dignity and always keep that in the forefront of our mind when we're caring, caring for patients that this is someone's mother, father, son, daughter. Keeping that human element always in the forefront. Initially, yes. I mean, once we're in the OR and we're starting the procedure, you do have to kind of dissociate yourself to a certain extent because you can't get 
too emotionally attached, you want to be able to do the job that you need to do. But definitely when our patients are in the room, when they're awake, um, any interaction with the family, we want to assure them that they are our main priority and the reason why we're there. Now, how did those early experiences help you shape your view of the job? I think, again, I have to revert back to the people that trained me watching how they did their jobs, watching and learning their interaction with patients, families, with surgeons, the, the good and the bad. You, you can learn from each of those experiences, either what you want to emulate or what you want to steer clear from and how you want to not be. Now let's let's um, move past that initial experience to your current role. What was le- what was it like working for Good Samaritan? Good, bad, and what would you have changed about your actions in <clears throat> in the job and the the whole process? Well, I still work there and still want to work there, so I don't know how much of the bad I can say. But um, I would say so. I've been there for over ten years, and I don't think it's just specifically good Sam, I think you could use it as a general view and most ORs, the best way to describe it is it's a dysfunctional family. You oftentimes see the people that you work with more than your own family. You interact with people that maybe if you didn't work with, you would never interact with or even know. So that's one of the great things about it is the dysfunctional family. You have a different kind of support. You have somebody that gets and understands your profession, what you do, what it takes, the long hours. When a case goes well, when a case doesn't, you have a support system. And the bad, I guess, would say that while the OR, I would consider an intimate environment, it is part of a bigger entity. It's the corporation. It's a business. So there's always a bottom line to be met, and that can sometimes be frustrating. Sure, sure. Um, now, your day-to-day role, what is it like in that current role for you? Um, uh, kind of like herding feral cats some days. Uh, I get there a little bit early. Um, I like it when there's not as many people so I can prepare for the day. It depends on the volume of cases we have, how many rooms we have running. Um, if we've got two rooms, I go between the two rooms every morning make sure that what they have is there if necessary. Each surgeon has their own specific music they like to listen to, so I tend to put that on for them. Look at the schedule, make sure there's not going to be any conflicts, prepare for the day, and enjoy a little bit of quiet before the rest of the staff gets there. Surgical technicians assist surgeons and other medical professionals in hospital operating rooms and similar environments. Chiefly, they prepare patients, rooms, and equipment for pending surgical procedures. They also assist during those procedures as part of a team of operating room professionals. Now, what's the most challenging part about the position you're in now? I think for me, the challenging part is when to separate my role and work with a personal kind of life. I tend to evolve my life around work. I love what I do. I love the surgeons that I work with. I love the people that I work with. So it's sometimes it's a challenge for me to separate that when I'm not there to want to be there and not micromanage or be in control the whole entire time. Other than that, it's kind of just with every other job, you get frustrated. Sometimes people get on your nerves. Sometimes cases don't go the way you want. But it's like that no matter where you go. So that'd be it. Right. Now, what would you say is the best part about being a surgical tech? The greatest thing about being a surgical tech is you can do one case 
four different ways. It's not monotonous. It's not routine. Surgeons will always do things differently. I've been doing this for 19 years and I still don't get bored. I still get excited about going to work. There's not too many types of jobs you can say that. So, and there's always something new to learn. You'll never know everything. Medical technology just improves at a rapid pace. So there's always something new to do. There's always something to look forward to, always something to be excited for. And it's really nice to be able to do that. So it's not monotonous from day to day. Okay. So let's, let's sort of transition from your day to day to some of the keys about uh, supporting the doctors that you work with. What do you think is the key to being a good surgical tech? I think the key would be to pay attention, to be able to retain things, to being detail oriented and organized and caring is a big thing. Having a surgical conscience, being willing to step up and speak up if you make a mistake. And that takes a part of you to be humble. And to a certain extent, just know that in the OR, everyone is a part of a team. You can't do one part of a procedure without everyone that's there, from your anesthesiologist, your surgeon, your circulator, your scrub tech, even to some certain extent, the reps that are in the room. Everybody is necessary and vital to do their job. All right. So what is it like interacting with doctors during surgery? I think it depends on the surgeon and your working relationship with them. I'm really fortunate that I work with the same surgeon weekly and have done so for 10 years. So you have a different rapport with them. Um, there's a comfort level there. There's a familiarity there. We work with new surgeons. It's trying to figure out their nuances. It's, I would say it's similar to like a first date. You're trying to figure each other out, what that person likes, what you like, if you even like each other, if you want to stay for dinner, if you want to, get the check and leave. So it, it changes. Um, when I work with a new surgeon, you're just going to have to fill them out and you have to learn how to read people. If they're going to be friendly, if they're talkative or if they just want to get the case done and they need to go. That sort of dovetails into my next question. How do you, how do you manage relationships with the doctors? I think that you know that you're there for a job and you have a job to do. So you can't let, you have to have a thick skin and understand and realize that it's a stressful environment. So if a surgeon does get angry or upset, that there might be outside influences you're not aware of. But at the same time, you can't be a doormat and let them walk all over you. So making yourself valuable, making yourself useful, and oftentimes necessary, and I would say that comes from applying yourself as often as you can, scrubbing as many cases as you can, remembering their preferences or the little things that other people might not makes a relationship with a surgeon calmer in the OR so that you can transition from just a scrum and a surgeon to a friendly rapport that you can have with each other. Marsha brings up an excellent approach of working with a new surgeon that also applies to a medical device rep. Treat it like a first date. Feel out the surgeon and take notice of their nuances. Be respectful of their time. Speak only when you are spoken to. Be present and alert throughout the surgery. There is so much you may learn about that surgeon without asking any questions. Now, is there an example that you could give us where managing a doctor relationship has been, let's say, a little bit more challenging than others? Uh, um, I would say when I was very, very first scrubbing, probably the first year I was scrubbing, I had to work with a female orthopedic surgeon. And we were doing a procedure I'd never seen or done before. And that procedure required a rep 
didn't require but replication there to do the procedure and he wasn't able to make it. So I was in there with the surgeon and had no idea what I was doing and we had staff that was in there to support me but they weren't able to scrub in to help and so I got yelled at by her the entire procedure and was basically told, you know, I should know all of this. It was my fault. I was a horrible scrub. I was never going to last in the industry and it was awful and was miserable because I had to take it because she was a surgeon and I felt like it wasn't something that I should know because I'd never seen it or been taught what the procedure was, but you had a deal. And it wasn't very pleasant working with her for a while after, but once I kind of got some confidence that I'd been there long enough, we kind of ended up coming to a mean of the mind where it became tolerable to work with her. I wouldn't say ideal, but tolerable. Yeah, I can imagine that would have been a very stressful experience. You're you're in there just trying to get everything done and to have have someone putting that extra pressure on you. Um, now, what would you say is the most challenging experience that you've had in the OR, or was it the one we just talked about? I think every day you have potential for challenging things to happen. I wouldn't isolate it to one moment. Every day there's potential for challenges. It could be that. Unfortunately, you got a bad diagnosis for a patient or your surgeon's running late, so they're in a bad mood. Our turnovers are running late. Things aren't ready. So there's challenges throughout the day that are always going to come up. And, you know, it's more how you're going to handle them, fix them, and get through them. That matters because to think that you're going to go an entire day, I work 12-hour shifts. I would never think that in a 12-hour day there would not like a challenge wouldn't happen. It would be unreal for that to happen. Right, right. Now, the last question in this section, uh, how do you prepare? How do you get ready for surgeries? Uh, the first thing I do is put music on. Okay. That's the first thing I do. Um, majority of my cases that I'm, I'm doing during the week, I do every week and with surgeons I've worked for a really long time. So, you establish a routine, you establish a system. I don't change or deviate from it regardless of the surgeon or procedure that I'm doing. And it becomes a neat and it creates a workflow that is productive and functional. So every morning I come in and put music on and get my surgeon's preference card and start from the top all the way to the bottom and make sure that we have everything we need to ensure us to have a good day and a successful day. And now, now you mentioned you put music on. Is it the same music every time, or do you change that up? Every one of my surgeons has a preference for music, so we find tunic for them. Okay, okay, makes sense. Now, some days it's country, some days it's rap, some days it's classic rock. Every every day a little bit different, yeah. Uh, every day different. So, uh, turning now to interactions with reps, uh, what's the relationship like between techs and reps? I think that depends on the skill set that you have as a scrub. And I think based on your experience and your skills, that will decide the rapport and relationships you have with scrub. Um, we use a lot of reps for our spine cases. I've been scrubbing spine cases for 19 years. I don't necessarily need to rely on a scrub as uh, a rep as much as maybe a person that's has less experience, but if I were to do a different specialty, if I were to do a total knee or 
a different case that would require a rep, I might need to rely on them more, would need to ask them more questions. So I think your level of comfort will define the relationship you have with the rep. Okay. Uh, turning, turning the tables a little bit, what would you say is a way that reps can build a relationship with tax? I think the best way for a rep to build a relationship with not just the surgical tech, but the circuit in the room is to one, understand and realize their role. They are supporting role in the OR. They are there to help and assist, not hinder or impede the case. If a rep can take initiative and learn the department, learn where things are, and then you can be a resource to where if we were to need something and the rep knows where it is, they can go and get it. If the, if the hospital is fine with it, some hospitals are different. But by doing so, it minimizes the absolute necessary people that are in the room, such as the scrub tech or the nurse, from leaving the room. If something were to happen in a case, heaven forbid, a patient codes or whatnot, and your circulating nurse is outside the room getting something, we need her more than we need a rep. So if a rep was able to run out to the room and get an instrument, and the nurse gets to stay, everyone in the room is going to appreciate that. Anything that you can do to assist and help and not impede, that's the best thing you can do. So what it sounds like is that at Marsha's Hospital, they allow reps to help with grabbing instrument sets and single peel packed instruments that are not affiliated to your instrumentation. Make sure that you check beforehand if this is allowed. Every hospital is different. But understanding where things are can make you a true asset for the procedure as well as the surgical care team. Now, you mentioned being helpful. What can reps do to be helpful? You have to learn how to read a room. You have to learn to know your role in that room. You have to learn when it's acceptable to be social and interact and have a good time. And when it is time for you to take a back seat and observe and listen and utilize that to do your job. Okay. And just talk about it. Now, have you, uh, do you have an example of a time a rep might have helped you in your job? We have reps that are beneficial and helpful all the time. Maybe not in the capacity that they think they should be, but again, we are fortunate with our spine reps that they know our facility, they know our department, they know where the instrumentation is located. They know if we're missing a retractor or a set where it's located that they can go and get it. We've established a routine and expectations, I would say, for our rooms, and they respect that. So if we're in the middle of a case and we can't find something, I know I can say, show me it, go get me this, and he can go get it. Or, Andy, we need this set, and he knows where that's at. So that helps. It makes it less stressful for everyone involved when you have someone in your room that is just aware of the environment that we are. Now, flipping it over, have you ever helped a rep? <laughs> um, I'd like to think so. <laughs> I know that we've had, I don't know if help or scared, one of the two. Um, we've got some younger reps that I've tried to help with in terms of my, my surgeon's preferences, how they're going to do things what they expect from a rep. So I'm hoping that would help them. Do you have any, I know that I'm not always friendly with them, but. Sure. Uh, Do you have any examples of of a way you might've helped a rep in a a certain situation? 
um, I know I've sat down with one of our younger reps and talked with him about what he could do to be better in a room and how he could benefit from making certain changes or making efforts. But I don't know. I don't know about a specific example. That actually sounds, that sounds pretty helpful to me. I don't know. You have to ask him. (laughs) Right. To to be able to have that, that little bit of guidance. If, if, if you take it in the right way, that's incredibly helpful. Uh, now, I'm, I'm guessing by the vibe that sometimes they're annoying. What is the most annoying things that reps do? I find the majority of reps annoying. Um, I think my biggest pet peeve about reps, definitely not our spine reps, they know better, um, but would be to come into the room and speak with a surgeon and they want to do a sales pitch. They want to talk to them about new products or whatnot and you know, maybe the patient's awake or they're in the room unnecessarily and that's just not the time or place. I feel like sometimes reps tend to lose focus that it's a patient and they're more focused on sales or putting their agenda forward and I don't agree with that and I find it unacceptable. Now, what is the definition of a good rep in your opinion? You have to know your product in and out. Be able to answer any questions that may come to you. Know your surgeon their preferences, and not just with your instrumentation, not just with what you're there to provide. If you can know all of their preferences for the entire case, it makes you invaluable if that surgeon's working with an inexperienced person, if that surgeon's working with someone they don't normally work with, and you're there to support that surgical tech in that capacity, that is huge. That will take the stress level down tremendously for the entire room. If you are able to contribute in that tender. That's, that's the key. Have you sat down to talk with your surgical tech? If not, make sure you do so. Build a rapport with them. They can be an excellent resource as well as lifelong friends. Remember, you're not there to make them look good. Quite the opposite. They can make you look like you did a job well done. Now, we've talked a little, a little bit about relationships with everybody you're working with. So how do you manage uh, rep relationships? Work is work. Personal is personal. I am close friends with quite a few of our reps. We all hang out socially together often. It's having that understanding that when you're at work, you're at work and it's professional and it's business. And then when you're outside of work. We can be best friends and everything can go great. Just as long as you know, when I clock in, we are in a different role. Right. Now, what advice would you give to people trying to break into the device sales industry? One thing that hasn't changed, I think, in all of my time in the OR, sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. So that's beneficial. But once you get your foot in the door, you have to make sure you're prepared and you're able to be knowledgeable be willing to learn, be willing to be trained to listen. If you're any of those, you're, you're going to be better off if you come in with this mindset of arrogance or that you have a role to, I had a rep tell me that it was their job to make me look good. And that person had minimal experience. If you come in with that kind of attitude, you, I mean, you'll get eaten alive. It's not going to be tolerated. Right. Now let's move on. Uh, we've, we've had some in-depth questions here. Let's, let's go to something we like to call the speed round here. Uh, so some okay. quick questions. <laughs> now, do you consider your success and longe- on longevity in your career related to luck or hard work? 100% hard work. 
What career would you have chosen if not surgical tech? Lawyer. What is your favorite influencer book or speaker for the industry? When I, I don't, I don't know. I don't read any books about our industry. I like, I don't know. Okay. So you're going to pass on. One. <laughs> oh, oh. I have one. Uh, do you have a favorite medical facility that you have supported? I always say Dameron Hospital raised me and Good Samaritan at home. Okay. So those, those two. Now, what advice would you give to somebody that's trying to get into the industry? In a rep capacity or a surgical tech? Uh, surgical tech, the, the industry that you're doing. My industry. When you are brand new, scrub everything. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't say, I don't want to do that or that doesn't look interesting. Scrub everything. Get fully trained. It will make you so valuable. It will serve a purpose for you. And you won't know unless you scrub it. Now, what is the scariest thing that you've seen in the OR? Uh, I would probably think the most memorable thing for me would be the first time that I had a patient die on the table. It'd be the scariest because you've never seen it before. And it was like 23 at the time. And, uh, that's always the scariest when you don't get to save the patient because it's such a controlled environment. So we always have this frame in mind that we're in control and we can fix or save everything. And that was the first experience I ever had that reality hit that we can't. And, and did that experience stay with you for quite a while? I still think of it. Wow. And uh, last question, what is the most rewarding experience you've had in the OR? Every day that a case goes well, my surgeons leave happy is a rewarding day. But for me, the bigger is the, the friendships and relationships that I've been lucky enough to have because I sometimes am closer to my work family than my own. And it has an impact and it makes going to work worthwhile and fulfilling. So I would say the most rewarding thing is the relationship has gotten out of it. All right, Marsha Walker, it's been a delight talking to you. Before we let you go, do you have any final words for the Doc Style podcast audience? I do not. Okay. No. Um, hopefully, this didn't suck, and you can get something out of it. I don't know. It was it was a fan it was a fantastic talk. So thank you again, Marsha Walker, surgical technologist at Good Samaritan Hospital, for being on the Doc Style podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Doc Style produces custom podcasts for medical doctors, device companies, and health facilities. Please email podcast at docstyle.com if you're interested in creating your own podcast or joining an existing podcast as a host. That's podcast at docsdial.com. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Doc Style Reps Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes each month featuring how to get started in medical sales and tales from the OR. If you have questions or topic suggestions for the show, please email info at docstyle.com. That's I-N-F-O at D-O-C-S-D-I-A-L dot com. Let us know what you think.